Joel Kendall, what is your title now at Southwestern Oklahoma State University in Weatherford? I am the associate provost. Okay, what does that mean? What does the associate provost do? Well, we're not sure. Um, we think that <laughs> what I'm supposed to do is uh, I'm in charge of, it's almost like quality control. I hate to say that because that doesn't sound good talking from a, a uh, college standpoint, but that's what it is. I, I'm in charge of strategic planning. I'm in t- charge of academic affairs to the point of, uh, you know, supporting students through academics, um, you know, and we we get reaccredited every 10 years. I'm in charge of making sure that we keep our accreditation up too. So it, it really is, hate to say, quality control, but kind of like that. All right. For our audience's awareness and full disclosure for everything, I've known Joel Kendall for about 20 years now. I, Nathan Brewer, went Southwestern Oklahoma State University around oh, 1999, 2000, somewhere in there. In fact, I think, I think my diploma says I finished in August of 2000. And in 1999 yep. and 2000, I majored in communication arts. Joel Kendall at the time was a teacher in at Calm Art, and you ran the student newspaper. So I've known you for like 20 years now. Over 20 years, yes. Now I'm not good at math. Well not good at math. <laughs> well, that's why you were a communication arts major. Exactly. Give me words, not numbers. <laughs> you are you're born and bred where? Uh, so I was raised in Moreland, Oklahoma. Um, my dad grew up in Cheyenne. My mom's from Leedy. In fact, they're retired and, and live about 14 miles west of Leedy. Uh, but I graduated from Moreland up there in those mighty Bearcats in northwest Oklahoma. So then I did. So anyway, that's where I came from. All right. Who are your parents? Mick and Lily Kendall. Are you related at all to Les Kendall? Yes. I just I can't believe I just said that publicly. But yes, <laughs> yes, I am. I know Les because, well, I mean, being a banker up there, but also for a while, believe it or not, he was my landlord. Is that right? Yeah, he owned Les a set of good. duplexes in Elk City that I lived in not long after I got married. So I, I didn't realize at the time my landlord was your kinfolk. Yes, he is a fine person. <laughs> well, after you graduated, by the way, what year did you graduate from Moreland? That was 1990. Then you did what? I uh, went to Oklahoma State. Um, I wanted to come to Southwestern and play basketball, but then the basketball coach saw me play. and <laughs> I was, I was, All I lacked was sheer talent. I had no talent. And so... I went to Oklahoma State, uh, went there four years, and got a degree there, and right out of that went to Indiana University and got my master's uh, after that. What did you study at OSU? Journalism. Yeah, I was in the Paul Miller School of Broadcasting and Journalism. Why did you want to study journalism coming out of high school? Uh, That was just something that I felt I was good at, and it was interesting. Um, I I always wanted to be a sports writer. I thought that was the coolest thing ever, and so that's what I went in trying to do. And that's actually, is that where you met an acquaintance of mine named John Tracy? Yes, John Tracy from Cheyenne. Yeah, John and I, uh, he was on the broadcast side. I was on the print side, but yeah, we we hung out. I forgot. Yeah, he was a good guy. Good guy. Are, what is the difference? I 
I know some of this, but why did you pick print over journal uh, over uh, broadcast journalism? Why did you do that? What's the difference between the two? Oh, you know, it's just I don't know. Uh, I just basically I like to write better than I like to talk, and so um, that's kind of where I gravitated toward. Um, anyway, John's a better talker than I am, so he went the <laughs> other way. So he was a he was a broadcast news guy. You were a print news guy, about the same age. Yeah, yeah, we were. So, did you write for uh, the student newspaper there, the Oak Legion? The Oak Legion, yes, I wrote. Um, I, I wrote some sports stuff. Uh, I did. Uh, I edited some. I I even did a. Oh, I did a. a a pick, uh, kind of a predicting the scores of the weekend for football games. That was, <laughs> I just remember that because what you would do is every Thursday you would, you would write and say, all right, here's the big games coming up and, and here's who I predict is going to win, you know, and they, they do that now just like a, I don't know, not betting, but just a, it was kind of humorous, but that's back when OSU was horribly bad. And so I, I realized that I was going to, Right in our student newspaper that we were going to lose, um, and I—I I mean, it was—it wasn't any secret we were going to lose. I think we played <laughs> Michigan our first game, and they were—they were ranked fifth, and we were coming off an 0-10 and one season. So I wrote, of course, hey, you know, we're better, but we're awful, and we're going to lose to Michigan. And uh, the next day, I had a note on my desk that said, "Hey, uh, Kenny Monday came to talk to you." And Kenny Monday at that time was an Olympic wrestler for OSU and was one of the biggest, strongest guys I've ever seen in my life. And uh, basically he said, uh, I want to talk to Joel because that's bad school spirit. He should never pick against us again. (laughs) And, uh, you know, I had my journalistic ethics. We were an awful team. And so... But I, I quickly discarded those ethics and picked for OSU the rest of the season. I said, OSU, every, every week I said, hey, we're going to win this game. And we just won't have to up. But I didn't want Kenny Monday to come find me. So Well, journalistic you know. ethics can only take you so far when physical safety is at issue. Well, if they're going to get you beat up by Kenny Monday, uh, you're going to get rid of them. When you graduated from uh, Oklahoma State University, you went immediately to Indiana? Immediately, yeah, I got a graduate assistant position there and uh, spent uh, two years in Indiana and uh, came right back to Oklahoma after that. What did you study? Newspapers. What did you study there at Indiana? Journalism, yeah. Uh, I went there to, to get a master's in journalism and just uh, it was a different experience. Uh, to be, uh, I mean, you know, Oklahoma State's 25,000, oh, Southwestern's 5,000 students, Oklahoma State's 25,000, Indiana is 60,000. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's for a small town Moreland kid, it, I was overwhelmed. It's just unbelievable how big that place was. 60,000? So yeah, yeah. That's like half the state's so, population, uh, isn't it? <laughs> Indiana's not a very populous state. No, but it's a it's a big school. Okay, so why does a guy from Moreland who's gone to college at uh, Stillwater, Oklahoma, why did why Indiana of all schools you could have gone to? 
Well, it was an advice of some advisors. I was wanting to, I, I knew at that point, even then, that as much as I loved working in newspapers and and journalism, that I eventually wanted to find my way back to uh, to university, maybe even teaching. And so they said, well, you got to be in a top, get a degree from a top school in journalism. And, and Indiana was at that time uh, a really, really good school in terms of journalism. So that's that's why I went there. Why, this is a little bit off topic, but since we're talking about really good journalism schools, why is it the University of Missouri gets this reputation of having a great journalism school? You, you know, it just built up uh, over time that it, it attracted some good journalists and they hired really, really good journalists uh, way back in the 40s and 50s to, to kind of start that journalism school and and so over time they people gravitated there and and you know that's where they the university put a lot of its resources and so uh, out of that it became a really well-known journalism school and it still is so you're telling me that even as a 22 21 22 23 year old you knew that eventually you wanted to get out of day-to-day writing and get into college teaching or even administration? Yeah, um, maybe. You know, I I really loved journalism. I really loved what I was doing. But um, I guess I wanted to leg up. I wanted to make sure that I had all the, the tools and skills that I needed to, to make it work um, out of there. And so I went over there for two years and got a degree. But the plan was always to come back to Oklahoma and and work and then eventually find my way to university what did you do after you got your master's at indiana came back worked at newspapers i think i worked at uh the edmund sun which is now no longer as of this year uh Punk city news uh woodward news I, I worked my way up to editor for a couple of years of some daily newspapers so it was so probably four three or four years of of just working in newspapers. How did you make your way Brand to time. How did you make your way to Southwestern Oklahoma State University in Weatherford? Well, there was a position open. Uh, a person was retiring in who taught in communication arts, and uh, a couple of people called me up. Said this person retiring, you need to be that person. And so, <laughs> of course, you know, like I said, uh, my sister had come to Southwestern. My parents graduated from Southwestern. I love uh, the area. Uh, it was almost perfect uh, for that, for me to kind of step into the position. And so I didn't even think twice about it. Uh, Jerry Nye was the chair of the language arts department that oversaw communication arts. And so I talked with him one day and we struck up a great friendship and he offered me the position. This would be a good time to ask you about your family. Are you married? Married, of so uh, Allison and I have been married for twenty, oh my, twenty six years. <laughs> you uh, better get that right. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think. So we got married while we were in college, and and so uh, we've been married twenty six years. Um, we have two boys. Uh, one's a senior in college, and one's a sophomore in college. Yeah, you're not old enough to have kids in college, Joel. Oh, they're almost, one's almost out, and it, it is crazy. But oh, they're good, good boys. So, Who, yeah, but we've lived our, uh, they've lived their entire lives in Weatherford. The boys did. 
Who was your wife before uh, you, you married her? She was Allison Pyle from Laverne, Oklahoma. So we were rivals. Moreland Laverne had that kind of Elk City versus Weatherford versus Clinton rivalry when I was growing up. And so we were the Romeo and Juliet. We hated each other uh, in high school, but just couldn't. Well, we were star-crossed lovers. That's right. Um, love love conquered know. all in the end, didn't it? It did. It, it bridged gaps right there. All right. After, well, hold on a second. Back in your days of writing for the Edmund Sun or in Ponca City or in Woodward, are there any stories that you had to cover at any of those papers? Are there any stories that stand out in your mind as being just really good work you did or really controversial? Uh, you know, there were, uh, I'm trying to think the, the one I got from Edmund's son is, is they sent me out and they said, why don't you interview this old baseball player? And, uh, so I did and, and I had knew nothing about him. So I, I looked him up and his name was Calvin Coolidge, Tuscahoma, Buster McLish. And he had like five middle names. And I was like, what in the world? So that was my first question about him, and uh, he said, well, his, he was like the 12th kid, and he, his mom made the, named the other 11 kids, but she let the dad name the 12th, and so he took the advantage and gave his kids like 10 names or something like that. But, but that was funny, but then out of that, you know, he actually was one of the best major league pitchers of his time in the 45-46 and, and was a runner-up to Cy Young, and so we we had a great time talking and and, and I just remember that because he was such a neat neat guy to talk about. So you know you, you talk about you talk to those people some days and then of course you talk to the middle school student of the month the next day and and that's just kind of the fun part about journalism and is different every day. Once you finally got to Southwestern Oklahoma State University, which probably would have been what in about ninety seven, ninety eight, ninety nine somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, 98. All right, so yep. once you get there and you start teaching courses and you're teaching, basically they're journalism courses that you're teaching, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, what what makes good journalism? If somebody walks up to you off the street and says, oh, you, you've been a writer and been involved in teaching kids journalism, what do you think makes good journalism? Well, I always say, you know, no matter what, uh, no matter what the the medium is, uh, whether it's online, blog, podcast, or anything like that. Uh, Paul Miller always talked about the ABCs. The ABCs are accuracy, balance, and clarity. And I would say that makes good journalism every time. Uh, if you're accurate, if you're balanced, if you're, if you're clear, uh, you're going to be all right. Joel and I were uh, talking, actually, as we record this, it's uh, a Friday morning, September the, what, 18th? Yeah, that's right, September the 18th. Well, yesterday, off air, of course, we were talking about setting up this interview and, and some things from our past. And you mentioned that when you actually started teaching back in 1998 or so, I didn't realize at the time how young you were, because I was about 23, I think, when I started at, at Swasu in Comart. I was about 23 years old, and that would have made you only about 28 at the time, right? I think I started when I was 26, yeah. God, you and so how did you feel? That's young to be in a college classroom. How did you feel? Yeah. 
I had no clue uh, what I was doing. I was awful. Um, and I really, I need to apologize to you publicly for for all the awful teaching that you got exposed to back then. Um, because I didn't. I, I I was straight out of the workplace. The, the crazy thing about college is, uh, you know, there's no teacher preparation classes that you take. You just come in and impart your knowledge. And so, um, I yeah, I was overwhelmed. Uh, I did my best. Uh, leaned on my my personal experiences to kind of tell students what's good and what's not. But um, yeah, I I really had no clue what I was doing back then. Now I don't. I probably I, don't still. <laughs> I don't know if we can name any names, uh, but we we can tell stories without naming names. I was trying to get out of college as quickly as I could, which most people do. But I had taken a, a couple of years off. And so I came back, I was about 23 when I came back, and I'm getting to the age where I really wanted to get done with college and get out there and get on with life because I was married. And, and anyway, Joel, who wasn't actually my advisor, Jeff Gentry was my advisor. But I took more classes with Joel in Comart than I did with anybody else. And because it was, he was teaching what I really thought I probably wanted to go do, I spent more time with Joel than any other. And Joel, you really helped me out trying to get past... A, uh, a, a vice president or administrator who kind of was sort of trying to almost kind of sort of keep me from graduating. <laughs> yes, yes. And, uh, you know, um, yeah, there's some times where we got to just take a look at that and say what's best for the student. And you and I thought what was best for you, and he had a different view, and it was fun. We It's called conflict resolution. And you know, that's the thing about college is we teach students more than just what's in the book. We, you know, we want them to be prepared for life. So that was kind of a lesson for Nathan <laughs> on how to oversee and over overcome obstacles in life. Yeah, it was go to go to Joel, go to a guy who's got more stroke than I do. Yeah, I, I don't think I did. I think um, I cried and begged and <laughs> pleaded for you. And we finally, I think you had to take one additional course out of o- OU or something like that, something crazy. Oh, but we got it. We got you out. Yeah, that was actually the hardest. That was probably in both my undergraduate and graduate work. The single hardest course I ever took was right at the end of my undergrad. It was a political science course. And it was what we called back then a, a what did we call it? Uh, it was from OU. I didn't have to go to class. There was a correspondence course. They would mail me stuff. I would read books and just write and write and write. And I did. I had to take that at the very end, but Joel helped me and, and got me out of that. There's another story that you brought up yesterday that I had forgotten. I mentioned this to you, but apparently I walked into your office one day and asked about my own odor. <laughs> yes. The musk of Nathan. Yes. Um, you just kind of meekly walked in and said, hey, Joel, uh, I need to ask you something personal. Um, a skunk got in under our house last night, and I think I smell like it. And I was, and I lied and said you smelled fine. Because, <laughs> I mean, no one wants to be told they smell bad. <laughs> that was very thoughtful of you, by the way. I really appreciate that. Yeah. Not a problem. I have told people on air publicly, and I've told people off air as well, that in high school, I did okay. And my first three or four or five, six semesters of college, I did okay. I knew early on that speaking and writing is what I was probably best at and what I enjoyed most. So I wanted to figure out how to turn that into a career. And I found out about the Com Art Department at Swasu. 
and I got into your courses. But when I got into news gathering and reporting, which was the basic course for learning to do journalism, I didn't know how to write like a journalist. And I have told multiple people that you, Joel, actually are the one who taught me how to write like a journalist. Hmm. Well, I appreciate that. And like I said, I, I apologize probably. I think I remember those first couple of years, there'd be days like it'd be an hour and 15 minute course. And I would talk for like 15 minutes and be totally out of ideas. <laughs> and I would just say, all right, go talk amongst yourself for an hour or do something. I'm done. And, uh, I had no time management stuff back then, but it's better. But I appreciate that. And, you know, uh, it, you know, we, we say things like, uh, you know, why is Southwestern the best university in the nation? And we really, we, we say that, and we're not kidding. And and, and really the reason why we, we think Southwestern is so good is because of the students. I mean, you know, students like you, Nathan, and, and just to, to heap some praise on you, you were married, had kids. You know, you were driving an hour and a half to school every day and, and working hard. And you're indicative of, of what most Southwestern students are. And, you know, that's, uh, you know, I, I just appreciate the, the hard work that is instilled in, in Southwestern students and in you, Nathan. And that's it, it's always fun to be driving out around Leedy on, on farm days and hear your name, your, your voice on the radio and. <laughs> Hey, somebody who actually survived me, and I appreciate that. So Back in uh, 90, uh, about 99 and 2000, when I was there in the Com Art department there, studying communications, communication arts, you were still teaching old-fashioned print journalism. But since I left in the 20-plus you know, years, things have really changed in the world of journalism and in the world of how people get their information I mean, you're not in the classroom anymore. You're you're an administrator as associate provost. But even while you were still in the classroom, and certainly since you left, things have changed radically in probably the way you teach students, or maybe not even the way you teach them, but in the methods and what you teach them to work on. How has journalism changed, and how is the difference? What's the difference now in the way you teach students? Well, I mean. It, it, the basics are still the same, you know, news gathering reporting, even as I taught it to the end, uh, I, I'd set it up about the same because you can't, you can't get away from that. You can't get away from, Oh, the five, five steps of writing where you gather, you verify, you write, you rewrite and you publish. I mean, that's the same, whether you're doing it on, on a blog or you're doing it on Facebook or whatever. So that's the same, but obviously it's different. And, you know, the, the big difference now versus then is that in 30 years ago, you know, a person would pick up the day of the Oklahoman in Leedy or in Elk City, and they'd listen to the local radio station, uh, and they'd watch the nightly news at 10, and that would be where they got the information. Mm -hmm. And so the gatekeepers, you know, we talk about the gatekeepers. And that, you know, you had really three gatekeepers of their information back then, and now – the gatekeepers, there, there are no gatekeepers. There's no gates. Uh, <laughs> anybody and everybody can can publish, can talk, and all that. And so, you know, I even even now, I would say the skills for a journalism person are even more important because uh, those are the ones who rise to the top. Uh, because you know everybody's publishing but only those who do it really well and get the information out in the right way are the ones who stick around. 
I'm going to give you my opinion on something, and I'll get your reaction to it. In a sense, and there is a way in which it's good that we all have access to information, but that also anybody can tell their story. I mean, there is a benefit to that. Then on, on the other hand, though, it's my personal opinion that because we've democratized journalism so much that everybody can publish instantly and easily, we've decided everybody's opinion is valid, and, and oftentimes what really is just opinion or rumor gets spread as fact. And I think, although you want free access to information and free exchange of information, in a sense, I think social media has harmed news gathering and reporting, has harmed journalism, because you get the waters muddied with people's opinion and rumor on one hand, and then other journalists who are actually checking sources and verifying facts on the other. So I see, although there's an upside, I see a big downside, too, to all this easy access to information and sharing of information. What are your thoughts? I would agree. Um, you know, we have more information, but we also have a lot more disinformation. And, you know, at the at different levels, that's going to be really harmful. You know, 30 years ago, if, if somebody came out and said, the world is flat, you know, they would not have, first of all, they wouldn't probably have access to a way to get that information out. And once they did, you know, that information would be quickly dispelled. Well, now, you know, you get a flat earth society, you get people who, who keep putting out the information to the point that they gather more and more people that, you know, because they're just not knowledgeable of the situation they believe that too and now you get a snowball effect um, and it's tough to stop that and so yeah but this information is, is a problem because of that you know and it, it's tough to rise above that sometimes do you ever have students or let me ask it this way when you were still in the classroom did you have students come to you and say hey if i study journalism will i be able to find a job what can i do with this degree yeah yeah, and that changed over time. You know, at the at, when I first started, I was I was placing a lot of students in newspapers and radio stations and and uh, television stations and all that. And and by the time that I got out last year, year before, I guess, um, yeah, a lot of their jobs are public relations or, or public affairs. And you know that that's a little disconcerting. Um, I mean, I like the fact that they're they're getting jobs, but you know, you want people to be out. Uh, not in just advocacy. You want people to be out there. You giving out information too. Right. But that's just how the. But the marketplace has changed. I mean, that's that's how it is nationwide too. Uh, you know, jobs for the the traditional journalism jobs just aren't there as much as they used to be. Do you enjoy being associate provost at Swansea? I do. It's great. It's uh, you know, it's just a different way to serve the university. The university has been so good to me, and so I get to I get to uh, be a part of of a group that is looking at all ways to on how to make our university better. I, we we have a lot of different offices that um, that are basically just working together to to make this a, a great university, and I like to be a part of that. By the way, do you have any idea where what happened to Jeff Gentry? Jeff is over at Rogers State University. He was at last check. He was chair of their communication department. So he is still there. I knew he had gone there because I think he left not long after I graduated, and I I knew he'd gone there. But you think he's still there? 
I think so. I have not talked to him in a couple of years, but uh, last check he was. Uh, I took uh, I, some of the teachers I'm sure have flown to the wind. Jeff Gentry left. Uh, Scott Crew taught me intro to theater because within the major, it was a, a course I had to take. Uh, he He's not around there anymore, is he? No, he left just about the same time, went to Texas Tech to work on his doctorate, and I lost touch with him, too. What about Strickler? <laughs> is Steve Strickler still around? Steve Strickler is, is awesome and still awesome. He's, he is around and running a great theater program. Um, so, yeah, he's, he's wonderful. He's one of the treasures of Southwestern. Let's see. I think there's I'm, – I'm thinking of all my major courses. I, I think, think Robin Jones was – Robin Jones yeah. was there when you were there, and she is the chair of the Art Communication Theater Department. Well, one of the great tragedies of my academic career is that in her course, uh, Interpersonal Communication, I got a B. That was the only B you got, probably. I was I crushed say. that I got a B. I can't believe I got a B in that course, but I did. I got a B, and it's a, it's damn. I'm not going to lie to you. It's damaged me. <laughs> I'll pass it on to her today. <laughs> Joel Kendall, I just cannot believe, I mean, I knew you were young at the time, but I, I didn't realize you were only five years older than me when I first met you. No, it was, but I, I tell you what, that was, those were fun times. As little as I knew what I was doing, I had a blast, and, and like I said, the, the students just made it even more so. You were part of a really, really fun group that was there to work and do great things, and man, that was fun. Uh, there was only one. I remember when I wrote for the Southwestern, which is the student paper, which you do in conjunction with taking news gathering and reporting. And back then it was actual uh, paper paper. It's not still paper paper, is it? Mm -hmm. Nope, nope. They've changed that uh, two years ago. I, I kept a paper version all the way until I stopped just because I wanted students to always have that process of, of going from concept to finished product. Um, but it, it just they've changed it to all, all digital now. Well, back in uh, back in about 2000, it was still a paper paper. And uh, when I was doing writing for the paper, you assigned me a story. It was the most controversial one I ever did. Now, I won't name any names, but there was a, oh, I think it was a VP who faced, he had a, a no confidence vote by the faculty senate. You remember that? Vaguely. There's, you know, there's always this uproar between the faculty and the administration. So it's probably happened 19 times since right. then, right? Yeah. I, well, I, I'm kind of scared that you mentioned it to give, I don't want people to get ideas. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Now you're on the other side. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't tell them that you nicely do that. Anyway, that was, that was the very first time I ever, in a story, got to use the phrase, so-and-so decline comment. <laughs> Because I had to go to I had to go to teachers who were part of the faculty senate and ask them, you know, why did you do? It? And nobody wanted to go on the record and and explain why they did such that and such. So anyway, that was a good experience for me, getting an actual controversial story. That was fun. I I didn't know I I threw you into that, but that's that was great. Yeah, it's, always got to, it's always good to get that out of the way. As soon as we st as soon as we stop recording, I'll tell you who that was. Okay, <laughs> I have an idea. But. Joel Kendall is the associate provost at Southwestern Oklahoma State University. He's a young man, and he's already done great things. And by the way, I, I, I think I stopped short on your academic career. Uh, while I was taking courses with you, or shortly thereafter, did you go to OU and work on a Ph.D.? 
Yeah, I took it while I was teaching. And so, yeah, I, I ended up getting a Ph.D. And I got it in uh, higher education uh, administration because at that point I was like, I would like to, you know, get into administration at some point. So that's what I did. So I finished that up while I was teaching Southwestern. Well, then I apologize. I should have been referring to you as Dr. Kendall all this time. Yeah, I've been upset the whole time we've been talking. <laughs> he is Dr. Joel Kendall, Associate Provost at Southwestern Oklahoma State University in Weatherford. The man who taught me to write like a journalist, talented guy, super nice guy. Joel, thank you for going one-on-one with one of your former students. Well, thanks a lot. That was fun. Um, and yeah, just uh, let us know if we can ever uh, talk with you all again or do anything for Rock City and, and your podcast specifically.